This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, A remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to welcome you today to our Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's go right into the Sunday service and listen as Pastor Greg ministers the Word. The uh, last two sermons, we've set the background for our study of Samuel. We looked first at Shiloh and the tabernacle at Shiloh and why it was there and, and what that meant. Then last time we looked at Samuel's lineage, his father Elkanah, who we're told in the first verse of 1 Samuel uh, was an Ephraimite from the mountains of Ephraim. But then we looked closer, we went into Chronicles and we looked at other sections of the Old Testament and we saw that though they lived in the mountains of Ephraim, that really Samuel's father was a Levite. He was a Levite, a descendant of Kohath, a Kohathite, and more so, he was a descendant of Korah. Samuel's father is a descendant of Korah, the very Korah that led the rebellion against Moses. So we looked up the lineage of Samuel, going back to Levi through Korah. And then last time we went down and we saw from the scriptures that Samuel's son, Joel, was the father of Heman. And Heman was the singer. One of the singing families came from Heman of the Levites, the Levitical singers that we studied uh, several times back, the musicians, the ones that are known in the Psalms, 11 of the Psalms, as the sons of Korah. So we've seen Samuel's lineage. Then we went and we looked at the lineage of the other figure in this section, Eli, the high priest. Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas. And we saw that Eli was a descendant of Ithamar. Ithamar was Aaron's youngest son. Remember, the first two oldest sons were destroyed, were killed, at the consecration because they took profane fire. And the priesthood, the high priesthood, had went to Aaron's third son, Eleazar, and Eleazar's son, Phineas, another Phineas. And somehow there was a change in the high priesthood. Somewhere along the line, it went from the descendant of Eleazar, Aaron's son, to Aaron's youngest son, Ithamar. And Eli, who we read about here, who is a high priest at Shiloh, at the time of Samuel, is the descendant of Aaron's youngest son, Ithamar. And we also went forward on Eli's lineage, and we saw that his son, Phinehas, had a son named Ahitub, whose son was Ahimelech, who was the high priest that Saul later on has killed, whose son, Abiathar, is the one then that joins up, he escapes the murder, and joins up with David, and is a joint high priest, along with his son, who's also named Ahimelech, with Zadok. And you read about that when you read about David. And how then later on, 
when Solomon comes into power, Abiathar sides with Adonijah, and so is eliminated. Now we'll see how all that ties into the prophecy that's given to Eli, his ancestor, in this section here in Samuel. So the Lord is working over generations to bring about his will. We started to also read last time the circumstances surrounding Samuel's birth. How Elkanah, his father, had two wives. And there was Hannah, who was childless, whom he loved. And Peninnah, his other wife, who had daughters and sons. And how Peninnah tortured Hannah, especially when they would go up to Shiloh for the feast, because she had sons and daughters who could make presentations before the Lord, and Hannah had no one. And we left off in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 9 last time. And it said, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. He's in his place as high priest by the tabernacle of the Lord. This is verse 10 now of 1 Samuel chapter 1. And she, Hannah, was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. So you can see she's terribly moved by the fact that she can't have any children. And she feels like a second-rate citizen. And she's in bitterness of soul. And she's praying to the Lord. And remember, all this happened, verse 6, if you go back, the Lord had closed her womb. The Lord is going to use her inability to have children to bring forth a miracle. And where there is barrenness, where there's emptiness, there's much prayer. So she is really seeking the Lord. In the anguish of her soul, she's weeping and she's seeking God. And verse 11, it says, Then she made a vow and said, O Lord, O Yahweh of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. In the anguish of spirit and seeking, desiring this male child, she wants that child so much that she vows, Lord, if you give him to me, I'm going to give him back to you. And notice that phrase, no razor shall come upon his head. All the days of his life I will give him to the Lord and no razor shall come upon his head. What is that? Right, that's the Nazarite vow. We study that. And not only that, it's the lifelong Nazarite vow. Remember how the growth of the hair was a symbol of separation unto God. That person was holy to the Lord. And the hair was a diadem. It was a visible sign of their consecration. We study this when we looked back at Samson and how the vow normally was only for a certain period of time, from 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, the most 100 days. But how the scriptures name three 
lifelong Nazarites, Samson, who we studied, Samuel, who we're studying now, and John the Baptist. Three who from the womb, from birth, had this Nazarite vow, a vow made by their parents and then which they themselves followed. So she makes this vow for her son, and it says in verse 12, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. She's praying and she's praying to the Lord. She's speaking in the heart. When we pray quietly, we speak from the heart to God. And she's so filled with faith and desire for what she's asking that her mouth is moving along with the request she's making to God. But no words are coming out. So Eli watched her mouth, and it says in verse 13, Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. This is not a dead prayer. When you read this section, you know that Hannah really feels what she's asking of God. You know that she wants it, that she's really seeking her Lord. This is not dead religion. It's not, sometimes you'll hear prayers that are given in some Sunday services. They're written down in a book and they'll open the book and the congregation will read the same prayer together. And sometimes they'll read it with zeal. But many, many times it's, it's just reading words. It's not felt in the heart. Here, Hannah feels the prayer in her heart. And for those to whom religion has become old, to whom religion is tired, to whom religion has become reserved, something you just go about, it becomes very hard for such to understand someone with zeal, someone that's on fire, someone that believes God is really there and God really does answer prayers and that seeks God with all their heart and their soul and their mind and their strength. That's what she's doing. She's seeking the Lord. And Eli can't understand it. He sees the emotion. He figures, well, she's, she's drunk. He's the institutional priest. We're going to see as we study him and the reason we spent time laying out his genealogy that he's a tragic man with problems in his own family. And he assumes that this zealous woman is drunk. And we have to be very careful about assumptions. How wrong assumptions can be. Fast assumptions are made many times against truly believing believers. There's some that believe, and there's some that really believe. When those who are really on fire and really believe are seen by others, there are assumptions made. They're called emotional. They're called fanatics. They're called crazy. He, he assumes, well, for someone to be doing that, she must be, she must be drunk. It's very difficult for those who don't believe or those who have some type of belief but are just so tired and so cold in their faith to understand people that really believe that God will intervene. See, Hannah here really believes that God is going to intervene and hear her prayer. And it's hard for those who don't understand that. 
that don't really understand that God will come into their circumstance, their situation. Some people believe, well, there's a God up there. He made everything. He created everything, but he's certainly not involved with my individual life. Or maybe that's all for after I die, but he's not concerned right now with the situation I'm in. Those people have a hard time understanding the zeal of ones who have come to understand that God is concerned with every aspect of our lives. He gives us healings. He answers prayers. He gives us deliverance. He gives us good things to those that seek him and ask him and pursue him and believe, have faith that he answers prayers. We give thanks to the Lord that you were able to spend the last quarter of an hour with us as we studied God's holy word and trust that it was a help and a blessing to you. It would be a blessing to us here at Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle to receive your words of encouragement or if you feel led of the Lord, a gift of support. If you would like to write to us or send a donation, our address is Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Once again, that address is Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, we invite you to join us for Sunday service. Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Town Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us again for our next broadcast of Sheer Jeshub.